Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hello everyone, it's Patricia Warby from Alchemy Therapies and my emotional audit here. And you're very welcome to another in my weekly chats about everything to do with emotional healing. And in this session, I'd like to do a quick book review Um, Now, as part of what I do, I often do presentations, um, and this weekend I'm doing one for the Chrysalis Effect, which is an online um, CFSME kind of group that offers a training program to help people recover from long-standing chronic illness, including long COVID, actually. Now, I know recovery is is a word that is difficult for some because you may not feel that that's possible for everyone. But uh, the Chrysalis Effect certainly believe it should be available to everybody. This information should be available to everyone. And a big missing piece of that is kind of the emotional healing component and the trauma understanding of how trauma stores itself in the body. So I'm doing a a talk on uh, how I came to do this work and from the biological to the spiritual um, understanding that I now have about the nature of healing and as part of that I was invited to look at some of the books that I've read that have kind of changed my perspective because obviously I come from a very conventional medical background um, I studied biochemistry and pharmacology then nutritional medicine uh, I was very steeped in the scientific method and I still love all of that but I found that there were limitations and things that you know, modern medicine in its symptom-based alleviation model, uh, the bio, the biological model, if you like, is not able to treat well. Um, and one of the books that really influenced me, I, I rediscovered it this weekend. So it was The Genie in Your Genes by Dawson Church. And it it's quite an old book now. I think probably it's about 15 years old, but it was so... Uh, innovative and new at the time it covers the the nature of epigenetic medicine okay and epigenetics means above the genes and it means the environmental influences that change the way your dna your genes express themselves in your body and at the time this was unheard of it was the cutting edge of scientific research and it hadn't yet made its way into uh, medical practice now we know that new ideas take about 20 years to filter down into practice into into medicine and so i reckon epigenetics is just coming in now into practice and so thoughts feelings intentions are being taken very seriously as a way of modifying the expression of your genes and creating a new vision of health a new version of you if you like but dawson church was one of the first people to ever talk about this and to cover aspects of what we now know is called energy psychology so changing the patterns of let's call it energy let's call it uh, resonance in your body because we're far more than a physical being we're actually uh, an energetic one and you can measure that that's what cat scans and uh, mris measure of course and ecgs and so on but we never talk about the energy of the body in fact it's completely missed out of most mainstream discussion so Dawson Church was one of the first people to um, talk about it. And, and he's really covered this so comprehensively in this book. And it's it's a beautiful book. It feels beautiful. It's reassuringly dense and heavy, but it, the text and the pictures make it very readable. Um, 
and I just I just loved it and I realized there was so much in it and I started to make more notes again and, and kind of um yeah get more insight into some of the understanding that's kind of changed me in my practice so um epigenetics teaches us that we are the ultimate engineers of our own bodies all right and that no expert out there with you know the tools available to modern medicine which is largely drugs and surgery is going to be as powerful as we are um but most people are not taught this understanding and so they tend to think of themselves as powerless and, and subject to the whim of uh, medical tests and medical diagnoses. And, and this book shows you very clearly that you have the power to change that. Um, you do need certain tools and techniques and you need a certain understanding and a certain trust in that. But he shows you a lot of the research. And, and in fact, fully, the end of the book covers an awful lot of um, research. It's, it's very, very, very well uh, referenced. Um, so this isn't a book just about, you know, new age ideas, you know, coming from the mind of one person. This is fully scientific. Um, but what I loved about it is, is that it really makes sense of what I call the gene conundrum. So around the time of this book, um, well, a bit earlier, let's go back to 2001. Let's cast our minds back to just turn of the, the new millennium. Scientists were engaged in something uh, called uh, the gene project, where they were trying to work out the entire genome, the genome um, of the human body. And to once they found the entire genome and mapped it and sequenced it, the belief was that we would be able to eliminate all diseases because we would have the code for that disease. All right. So it was a very materialist, very left brain very sort of reductionist idea that once we, ha we had this, we could fix it and then we could cure it. Very much like I was talking about last week with the, the way that the cognitive brain lures us into thinking that we're going to fix the problem. But that was that was the scientific consensus at the time was that we were going to find the entire code of human DNA, find out how we are the way we are. And then once we'd mapped it, we could design drugs and design interventions that would target that specific gene or combinations of genes. And then, oh, dear, um, what happened was we found that we had less than a fruit fly <laughs> and uh, or was it slightly more than a fruit fly. But anyway, it was a lot less than we expected. We expected about 200,000 genes. And what we found was about a tenth of that. And, and some lesser species had a whole lot more. And so that threw a big, big spanner in the works and really shocked people because they weren't sure how we could express the degree of complexity that we show as a human species in such a small number of genes. And it, it just didn't make sense until you understood that the genes are merely the blueprint and actually how they're read, how they are translated into proteins is what constitutes the complexity. And so that's what epigenetics is. And now when I talk about the environment, I don't just mean, you know, the, the, the world you live in and, and your experience out there. The environment is also what your cells are bathed in and the kinds of thoughts and feelings and interpretations that you're making of the world. So if your vibration is one of uh, a victim, you know, I've had all these difficulties. My life is not working out as I planned. I feel so sad. I feel so limited 
then that is the readout that you're going to get. You're going to get expressions of genes that, that degrade and break down your body. And so expect certain chronic illnesses to arise from that. If, on the other hand, you you kind of do some work and you come to the feeling that you are precious and that you belong and that you are lovable, that changes the gene expressions to one of repair and renewal and helps break the cycle of, of a slow degradation as we age. And so um, Dawson is really talking about that, but he's going into the real scientific nitty gritty. So he's talking about um, genes being malleable. In fact, that's one of the uh, chapter titles in his book. Um, and that this mind-body connection, uh, scientists have now found that there's more information coming up from the body to the brain than there is coming from down from the brain to the body. So it's more of a bottom-up process than a top-down one. And he was also talking about how past experience, trauma, as we now know it, gets buried in the body through the sort of uh, memory, if you like, of the cells and um, the emotions that kind of switched on certain genes or switched off certain other genes. And those patterns, because they are patterns, they're patterns of vibration, get buried as signals in the body. And, and so it's really important to understand that you become the thing that you most focus on, especially when it's uh, unconscious. And, and often the experiences that we had that overwhelmed us in the past are are kind of there in our unconscious experience and we don't always focus on them. We just get the symptom as the readout. So um, he also talked about fascia. Now, fascinating fascia or fascia, some people pronounce it, um, is, is such a complex uh, connective tissue structure in the body. And, and, you know, we used to regard it as sort of waste material or, or just something that got in the way of uh, dissecting bodies. But we now know that the living material is a liquid conducting semi uh, semiconducting crystal. Uh, so it's a liquid crystal matrix that transmits information throughout the body because the fascia exists throughout the body from your cranium to your toes. You know, it's everywhere throughout all the muscles, all the bones, uh, even your heart has a fascia. And so he he covers that in detail as well and how um Parts of your cells link to your fascia, so particularly little structures called microtubules, which are like the scaffolding of your cell, they actually communicate through the body this message of either I'm supported, I am loved, and I am worthy of being here, or the opposite. And, and so, you know, I often get clients who've got, um, say, your pelvic floor issue or um, lax muscles, you know, because the fascia is communicating a, a, a sense of doom, a sense of um, fear around existing. So I love that he covered that in detail. And the microtubules are fascinating, too, because we believe they're a quantum structure, that they exist in two different states at one any one time. And um, I'm not going to get into quantum physics here, but the quantum world is very strange indeed. And we used to think it didn't exist in the human body. And it was just for quarks and um, all those other strange little subatomic particles that physicists keep talking about. But in actual fact, 
we are a quantum uh, universe of our own inside. So microtubules are one way in which the body communicates in a quantum fashion by this sort of instant switching on off and entanglement as well. Um, he also talks about the body piezoelectric. Okay, so touch, the power of touch, not only to communicate safety or, you know, soothing or love, is also a direct message through these sort of uh, piezoelectric means touch converted into electrical signals. Okay, that's what it is. And, and so electrical signals then pass through your body and up into your brain uh, and communicate. And that's why touch-based therapies, somatic therapies, are often so helpful. Things like massage or craniosacral work or havening, which is one of the ones I tend to use. Um, he talks about and shows the scientific evidence for magnetic and also electromagnetic fields around the body and the polarity of the body and how, you know, you're more positive at the top and negative at the bottom. And, um, you know, the left and the right also have a polarity. So uh, that's very, very fascinating work, actually looking, looking at um, the kind of fields around the human body, the human heart as a massive field that expands for perhaps, you know, it's measurable for, you know, six to eight feet outside the body. Um, but you can certainly enhance your, your heart's magnetic field by heart-based connection, by feeling connected and loved and cherished by others and also by yourself. And you can learn to train your heart field as well. That's the basis of uh, uh, HRV or heart rate variability. Loads to cover on that. He, he doesn't go into detail, but he does cover it, HRV. And it's also in my book, The Scar That Won't Heal. Um, consciousness medicine okay so the state of your consciousness right first of all what do we mean by consciousness consciousness is not just being awake okay it's not just i'm not asleep so i'm conscious we're not talking in that sense we're talking about self-awareness now as far as we know we're the only species that has that self-awareness but that's only as far as we know but the great thing about consciousness is that it not only witnesses reality, it changes reality. And that, again, is a quantum understanding. And it comes from experiments looking at electrons and, and finding that electrons can behave either as a, a solid uh, thing, uh, a particle or an electromagnetic wave. But it is the act of observation. It is the interplay with conscious awareness that someone is measuring or witnessing that that changes its experience um, and so if you're looking for a particle you will find a particle and if you're looking for a wave you will find a wave and so this this is very as i said very weird the very weird world of quantum physics now in the body of course that also can affect the way you feel so if you are uh, experiencing life as a whole wonderful um connected one then likely your body will be reverberating with those experiences too. And that has its effect at the genetic level, as I've said, the expression of proteins. So um, consciousness is extremely powerful. And coming into an awareness of yourself as part of a unified whole, you know, that we're not all individuals in competition with each other, struggling to kind of prevent aging and um, avoid all the difficulties of life. And it's a sort of dog eat dog kind of world is a form of consciousness that drives 
sickness, it drives anxiety, and it drives this constantly escalating, uh, busting uh, health bill that we're seeing in most Western countries. Because people are not designed to be isolated. We're designed to feel part of something bigger. That's what religion did for us, you know, up until um, it became, you know, old fashioned and people weren't so interested in religion. Um, science tried to take over, you know, two to three hundred years ago. Science was the dogma that, you know, would would make religion obsolete. But it hasn't provided meaning. And meaning is so key to how we feel, you know, to be part of something bigger than ourselves, to feel like we belong is so, so powerful to how we express health. And so uh, consciousness as medicine is just such an important understanding. And to surround yourself with people who kind of get this who and who are working, or should I say playing, because it shouldn't be all work, but the idea that you are engaging with the world as a magical or inspiring place and, and not just as this, you know, desperate world that man is polluting and destroying, you know, because that's a really... Although it may be true, it's also a very despairing state to be in. So we've got to keep hope alive. We've got to find creative ways of tackling the problems that we face and surrounding ourselves with people who feel equally that, that they don't want to attack each other. They don't want to compete with each other. They want to collaborate and, and share experience. So I love that, that he raised that point. Um, he Finally, he talked about the power of intention um, that changing your intent, so believing in your your power to change your internal experience and getting help when you need to, to help concretize that change, because it's sometimes difficult to do on your own if you've had past experience that taught you that you were worthless or, or that you don't belong. Um, getting help, reaching out for help is the first step towards making that intentional change. So it's not all about thinking big or positive it's sometimes about realizing your own vulnerability and and that's where i had to go when i faced my existential crisis my uh you know my breakdown if you like um that i needed help and it was the first step towards healing so folks that's only half the book i'm gonna do the next half uh next time it's a wonderful book do have a look and also check out my various uh my various books which i now have seven of on aspects of mind body healing they're all on amazon anyway take care of yourselves have a good week and see you soon bye-bye for now bye-bye hey hope you enjoyed listening to rebel health radio do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon